0: You are listening to the Food Means Business podcast, which features the personal stories and secret ingredients behind what it's like to abandon your day job to start a CPG food and beverage business. I'm Janaba Johnson-Jones, former marketing executive turned entrepreneur and founder of food business incubator Hudson Kitchen. Join our community of fellow food business owners and subject matter experts to learn and laugh with us as we explore a startup world that's a little more culinary and a lot less corporate these days. Hi, Sadie. Welcome to the Food Means Business Podcast. Thanks for
1: having me. I'm glad to be here.
0: I'm so glad that you're here as well. So before we jump in, we'd love to hear your story. Like, What made you start Bread Seriously?
1: So I started Bread Seriously in 2011, but the story starts a couple of years before that. I dropped out of MIT. I was studying mechanical engineering, and I decided to follow my college crush to San Francisco only to find out that it, the feeling was not mutual at the time. So I didn't have anything else to do. Uh, I was a new college dropout. So I decided to spend all of my time and all of my money learning how to bake and cook gluten-free food because Jesse, my crush, was gluten intolerant. And I thought that would be a winning tactic to finally win him over. Wow. Um, so, So I did that. I uh, taught myself how to cook and bake and learned how to use gluten-free ingredients. And every day I would invite him over to eat whatever I made for 10 months. <laughs> and after 10 months, um, we started dating.
0: That is hilarious. Okay, so I have, a, I have some questions before you yep. keep going. So what did the family think about dropping out of school?
1: Um, I was the last person in my family to drop out of school. Everyone before me had dropped out. So my mom was dead, but totally understand. <laughs> yeah, my twin sister had already dropped out of school. Both my parents had dropped out of school, you know.
0: So are your parents entrepreneurs? I'm just curious.
1: They, my mom, yes. Okay. My dad took over his dad's business, but hated it. My mom started her own business, so I learned from her mostly. Yeah. So I think this was like, I was going to be the first one to have like a real job in the family. And I think, I think she was excited for that prospect Um because she knows how hard it is to run a business. She was yeah. making clothing. So like, especially a manufacturing business. Yeah. yeah, My dad, I didn't know this at the time, but at my wedding, my dad's speech was all about when I dropped out of college, how proud he was.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> So... Thank i love it i love that they life. were so supportive awesome yep okay so now 10 month baking and cooking gluten-free foods so and you said jesse wasn't that into you at first like what do you think won him over of the fact that you were cooking for him
1: confidence one <laughs> <laughs> as soon as i decided i you know i could be over it i <laughs> i could have a crush on someone else it was the week we started dating
0: <laughs> i love that um all your talents didn't go to waste that you actually started and grew a business from all of that. So can you talk a little bit about, I know you were testing, you know, in that 10 month phase, but I'm wondering, like, can you just give an the idea of like, how did you actually decide to, for, for it to be a business? Because you could have yeah. really done anything.
1: Yeah. And why so- bread?
0: Because you could have done cookies for that. Matter.
1: Totally. So let's see. Uh, Jesse and I started dating and about eight months later, I found out that I was intolerant. Oh wow! Which was like no big deal because I already had all these recipes, but I was really into fermentation at that time, and pickles and sauerkrauts and stuff. And I was just about to try making sourdough when I found out I was gluten intolerant, and I was like really bummed that I might have missed to try to make sourdough. And so I decided, with the hey, I'll just try it with gluten free ingredients, and it worked poorly at first, but it was sour. It was just kind of gross. Mm-hmm. But because it was sour, I was like, okay, something's happening. Like fermentation is happening. Now I just have to like keep at it, experimenting. Um, and so I did that for about six months, seven months. And then like the recipes got better and better. And I am a very impulsive person. So I was like home from work one day. And just was like, you know what? I was following the blog of another baker, Josie Baker, in the Bay Area, who was like baking bread in his house and delivering on a bike. And I was like, you know what? I could do that too. And I emailed everyone I knew that same day to tell them that I was starting a business called Bread Seriously, and they could pick up gluten free sourdough from my house. And Jesse came home from work and was like, I hear you're starting a bakery. (laughs) Do you want to talk about that? So it was just it was super spur of the moment. And just happened. So like I emailed everyone out. I had three weeks to prep. And so three weeks later, I had the first bread pickup day in August, 2011. So I have to
0: ask because I have a commercial kitchen. Like what were the cottage food laws back then? Or did you not yeah, think they about didn't that at the exist time?
1: yet? Like nine months in, we got our first commercial kitchen. It <laughs> we went legit. <laughs> I had to ask.
0: Yeah. <laughs> good, good question. Not mad at it at all. I think that starting at home is like the really best way to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think the cottage food laws came into effect right after we got our first commercial kitchen, like a year in.
0: So you let everyone know you're starting this business. Jesse comes home and is like, you're starting a business. So he's, you know, and what do you, like, and obviously you mentioned that people could pick things up in three weeks, but like, what, what were you thinking? Like, did you write a business plan? Did you, you know, other than them picking it up, were you selling it at other places? What did you decide to do?
1: Yeah, I did not write a business plan right away. I had run hobby businesses before, like t-shirt companies mostly. And so I was very used to like, I make something, I sell it for cash, then I have cash. That is my business. And I didn't really know the fundamentals of business. So it was just people buying directly from me. I started delivering on my bike and so I could reach more people. And once I started consistently selling to strangers, I got the message that I like didn't know how to run an actual business is- um, and especially because bread people buy it every week where like a t-shirt they buy it once like three. there was like a little bit more there of, like oh this could be like a real thing and at that point I took business at the women's initiative for self-employment which sadly no longer exists but it was a great like gentle intro to business class for women who want to be self-employed and so it taught me like what cash flow is, and how to write projections, and that I was supposed to pay myself. My parents didn't pay themselves, so like that's just how I thought it worked. So that was really <laughs> crucial, and so I wrote I wrote a business plan in that class. Of course, I immediately scrapped it; like did nothing that was on the business plan. Um, but I feel like I've really to, like write one, even if it's completely wrong. <laughs> and Brad seriously went full time smack in the middle of that class because we got a bunch of press all in a row. And so I was, you know, I had to like skip class to bake, which was an interesting time of my life.
0: You mentioned you were, you were working. So what kind of job did you hold while you were kind of doing the business on the side before you? I moved? was a
1: barista and I worked at the farmer's market. Right.
0: Related. Yep. <laughs> so, okay. You have a real business because you got a bunch of, pre- did you seek the press out or did you, what did you do? there
1: was a funny day in business class where the. We were. it was a class about goals and we had to write like two long-term goals and two short-term goals and we had to write them down. And then by the next class, we had to have done them or something mm-hmm. like that. And so I wrote down, like, put in my notice at the coffee shop by March 15th and get in touch with a reporter. And the very next day without me doing anything, I got an email from my boss that the coffee shop was shutting down, March oh, first, man. And I got an email from a reporter saying, that they wanted to write about my I was like, wow, writing goals really work. It's amazing. i that. Uh, it was kind of scary. <laughs> there was like a very traceable like chain of word of mouth when I started. So like a friend of a friend of Jesse's bought bread the first week. It turned out she worked in an allergy clinic. So she told all her clients and one of her clients was in a parents group. So she told the parents group. And one of the parents in the group was a person with celiac disease who was also a reporter. And so she was the one who wrote. And then once that article published, it was just a chain reaction of other people also wanting
0: to interview me. That is such a testament on how you should tell your friends what you're doing. (laughs) You just never know what can happen.
1: Like, just brag about yourself. Like, tell (laughs) people the cool stuff you're doing, even if it's uncomfortable, especially if it's uncomfortable.
0: So you're doing this thing. You got this press. It was great. Things are blowing up. You have a full-time business now. What happened? Like, I know at a certain point in my business, I was like, I broke it and I need to <laughs> go back and start over again, like fix some things. Like, how did you like put processes in place and hire people? And like, what happened? What did you do? Oh
1: gosh, yeah. We've had that like break it all, fix it all yeah. cycle many times now. So let's see. Um, it went full-time, like basically overnight from one of the pieces of press. And I was quite underprepared for that because mm-hmm. I was still baking at home. Um, I had to stay up all night baking to fill the orders that I got from that article. And so eventually, let's see, I got a business partner for like two months. It didn't work out, but it was mm-hmm. like right it was literally the day before that article came out that she started working with me. So I mm-hmm. had like I had a buddy who could like help me get through those two months of insanity. She found us our first commercial kitchen. She and I would do all the baking and delivery. Then she had to move away. We got a bigger commercial kitchen, so it had two ovens instead of one, so doubled our. I got a request for an internship from someone who wanted to learn about vegan baking. Our products are also all vegan, so I said yes. And she trained with me for two weeks, and then said, "Okay, I learned enough. Thank you." And I was like, "No, no, no." <laughs> It was, I need Jen, <laughs> so I hired her like on the spot, Um and that was my first employee. And then and the, maybe like six or nine months later, I got another internship request through Bowman College, brought that person on, and then she was wonderful, so I hired her as well. So then I had two bakers at that point. I stopped doing all the baking myself; like yep. I didn't have to be there every time there was baking, which was such a relief. Yeah. I am not a morning person. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so after the production staff kind of started rolling on their own, my next big hire was marketing to just try to get the word out, you know, work on email and social and all of those things. Then I hired, I think my next big hire was operations and then mm-hmm. sales. And that was how I started like growing out the team beyond production.
0: Were you able to hire them as employees or were they contractors at first? Employees. Oh, wow. Well.
1: Yeah yeah <laughs> I don't remember the thought process there, but we've sort of always had things in-house rather than contractors. Um, that's
0: just our style. So now you've grown this big business and yeah. you're shipping across the country, like how did that all happen?
1: so the, the that business plan that I threw in the trash um, was <laughs> to do farmers' markets. That was like the entire business plan. but we ended up going wholesale to show grocery stores in 2012 and so i grew the wholesale business for a couple of years before i brought on a salesperson to keep growing it and maybe in 2014 we would get like random requests from people to ship bread um you know like two a week in 2014 i think i finally made a website that had a store on it Mm -hmm. and then we started selling with my marketing employee started selling like 30 orders a week and then 90 orders a week, mm-hmm. and so that really started taking off to the point like, you know, we shipped 900 orders this week for Thanksgiving. Right. So the e-commerce is now a full 50 percent of the business.
0: Okay. yeah, so I was going to yeah. percentage. Yeah, great. Yeah. So, um, I also read that you transitioned into doing some coaching and motivational speaking. So I'd love to hear about what, how, why you decided to do those things.
1: Yeah. So. I have been working with a business coach for the last two years, which I highly recommend. It's just like so supportive and is a place to like really work on yourself and your leadership skills and all sorts of things. With her, I've been trying to transition to doing less work. I'm sort of someone who will like fill up my container. Like I used to work seven days a week. I I don't. Why? So I've been working (laughs) at the five days a week and. Um, I set a goal to transition to working 30 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Just try to like get a little bit of balance back. And I knew that I like, I didn't have to work 40 hours a week anymore because I have an amazing team. Like I have an actual leadership team. I have amazing managers who are like brilliant and take initiative and are way better than I am at the various parts of the business. So I knew I was just working that much, like because I was used to it. Yeah. And I was filling it up with like busy work, refreshing my inbox and like admin. Like it wasn't important. And I kind of had a hunch that the less I worked, the more I would choose the right things to work on, right. which for me are strategy. And And those are the things that I'm that. But when I work more, I just don't even do those things. It's like kind of counterintuitive. So, you know, at this point I'm working, you know, like, 15 to 20 hours a week on Bread Seriously, which is cool.
0: That is very cool.
1: <laughs>
0: and, <laughs> but it really um, is. Yeah. Like, and like a lot of people, including me, want to be in that place where where that's what kind of you're giving, you know, the 15 to 20 hours a week to the business and you're able to do something else that you love. So.
1: Yeah. Very yeah.
0: Congratulations.
1: Thank you. So, yeah, I, I had set a goal to do, I really like public speaking. I didn't know that about myself. I found out through like pitch competitions, just like like being on stage, I like having the mic. So I, I took a course in like how to turn public speaking into a business and set that as a goal for this year to just try to do that and see if that could be a revenue stream, but also because it's super fun and motivating for me. So I speak about basically workplace culture and hiring. And then through dialing in what I wanted to speak about, I realized that I wanted to be doing like really working with one on one with people doing business coaching, but also teaching people how to hire. So I am actually starting a new project called Hire Like a Badass that teaches people with 250K to 750K in revenue how to hire great teams. That's
0: amazing because that's so important because a lot of, and I'll be really honest, like some hiring that I've done has been like really emotional or I really like the person versus are they actually the right person for the job? Just totally. raise their hand, maybe, you know, in <laughs> yeah. to take on.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't realize that like once you make the hire, that's not the end of the hiring process. Right. Like onboarding and training are so crucial. You can make the right hire and they will fail if they don't have the right onboarding and training in place. Um, And so it it really is like, it's a repeatable process. And once you know it, it's sort of obvious. Mm-mm. But before you know it, like, oh my God, I had to definitely learn all this the hard way.
0: Because that is your specialty. Can you give a few tips for people that um, are looking to hire or hire? Yeah,
1: them? so hiring is, it's a conversation and great communication is all about clear expectations. So the first place that I want folks to, think about setting clear expectations is in the job description that they're writing. So before you even meet someone, they're reading your job description and they're inferring expectations from what they read. And so they're getting an expectation of what it would be like to be in this role, what it's like to work with you, what is expected of them in this role. And so that's the place to like really put effort, like don't just copy and paste something you've seen before. Uh, one of my pet peeves in job descriptions is the phrase, like, must have a sense of urgency, which I feel like, you know, we just like read it on job, like you just expect it to be there. Um, right. But what the heck does that actually mean? To me, it means like, this is not a great workplace culture. You will feel rushed and stressed all the time. And if you don't, you're wrong.
0: <laughs> no, completely, so, I completely, completely agree with you. It's like, yeah. a, I've been, I had that as a comment on a performance review when I was working corporate that I was, that I didn't have a sense of urgency. And I'm like, you want me to be running around? Telling people, everybody that I'm busy and stressed out instead of working. is yeah. what you-
1: But like, because it's on every job description, we just like take it as a given. So like, yeah. be really critical about what you're putting on there. Sure. Be critical about sense of urgency. Be critical about like what educational background you're asking for. Like, do you really need a college degree? Does that right. matter to you? Because there's a lot of amazing people who haven't had the opportunity to get a degree. Like, really think about what boundaries you're putting up that will keep the right people away from your company. But, what my favorite anecdote about the sense of urgency, by the way, my husband was looking for work a couple of years ago and he looked at a job at a meditation app company that said they must have a sense of urgency. So that was the best thing ever.
0: <laughs> You're crazy. That's so funny. Can you give a piece of advice to someone that's just starting? Yeah, let's
1: see. There's so much advice out there. And it's awesome and it's free. And it's also like you will find conflicting advice out there and you will find advice that's right for you. So my advice for founders at any stage is to really spend the time getting to know yourself and what's right for you and what's right for you. There is so much like peer pressure in the food industry to do things a certain way because we see it modeled and we see that like successful restaurants have like Real jerks working in the kitchen or successful food companies scale to 10 million in three years and get venture capital or something like that. And it can feel really uncomfortable to not fit those molds. But if they're not right for you, they're not right for you. And I recommend just putting some work into tuning the advice because sometimes it's not at all
0: the right thing for you. That's a very good point. How has um, entrepreneurship changed you?
1: So I've been running Bread Seriously for more than a third of my life.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So, like, it's literally, like, I grew up with Bread Seriously, which is kind of wild. I was, like, I'm a shy extrovert. So I, when I started Bread Seriously, I, like, always sat in the back of the room and, like, never opened my mouth and never raised my hand. I was, like, this shy, uncertain little thing. (laughs) Bread Seriously, like, really helped me grow into myself, I think, it helped me like learn what I love and enjoy. And like one of my favorite things about my job is network. And like 22 year old me starting bread Seriously would have been like, the hardest thing in the world. How do you even do it? So a lot about that has changed. Yep. Leadership has been really inspiring and motivating for me. Um, so I started working With a different, well, the same coach, but in a different capacity in about 2018, when I realized that, like, I had a lot of employees, but I had no idea how to be a manager. Mm. And so I worked with her to just, like, teach me the basics, like, how to do a check-in and what is a performance review. I was a barista. I didn't get those things. Right. When I had worked in an actual workplace. And so from that, like, after getting just the basics down, I started really getting into leadership and That was the first time I read Brene Brown and that really lit up fireworks in my head and started to really work on myself as a leader and work on our company culture to turn it into like the culture we have now, which is a culture of communication and leadership. So it's been an amazing adventure and I can't even imagine it a different way. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It sounds like it's been great. Like you, you seem like you're you're having a good time even though I know like entrepreneurship is challenging at the same time to be able to grow a business have employees that you trust that take initiative like that's amazing it's
1: amazing yeah Yeah. and of course there's lows and sometimes there's highs and lows in the same day and again business coaching really helps me with that just sort of like take out the mindset trash of like I'm failing or you know I'm only working 20 hours a week I'm so inadequate when other people are like how do you work 20 hours a week that's my dream so you know See, being on, super messy
0: for sure i honestly wouldn't choose to go back and work for anybody else i want to be unemployable <laughs> yeah <laughs> cool. me too so you mentioned working the 15 hours a week and obviously you're you know having the coaching and motivational speaking but like what do you do for fun or just to kind of take care of yourself
1: uh, i'm a curler <laughs> really yeah well, how I long have you been cur- curling? Just for a year. I started okay. in January and it has like taken over my life. So I curl three days a week. I'm also a volunteer curling instructor. Wow. <laughs> I used to have a lot more hobbies and then curling came in and like took the <laughs> that I used to spend like gardening and making <laughs> artwork and hiking. So I spend my wow.
0: So at Hudson Kitchen, we have what I call the money bell. It's in our lobby and we ring it when people are celebrating something. So I'm wondering, what are you celebrating right now? Could be personal or professional.
1: Well, I'm celebrating launching Hire Like a Badass. been something I've been thinking about for a couple months and working, you know, tipping away at. And I'm really excited to work with people in that capacity. And let's see, I am celebrating an amazing, my amazing community. Like I just moved to this neighborhood that I'm in and have like so many friends around me all the time. So in the middle of my work day I can just walk down the street and go to my friend's house for 10 minutes, you know, to have oh, a quick like soul pick me up and <laughs> come back amazing. to work. <laughs> and it's been really uplifting and just like stabilizing in a, in a way that I really needed.
0: Awesome. Well, Sadie, let everyone know where they can find you, Bread Seriously, and also how they can work with you, your uh, other initiatives.
1: Sure. So you can find Bread Seriously in California Natural Grocery Stores in the refrigerator section. And we ship nationwide through BreadSeriously.com. And that's S-R-S-L-Y. And if you are interested in business coaching, you can book a free intro call with me to see if it seems like a good fit. And that is all at SadieShefford.com.
0: Right. Thank you. Thank you. The Food Means Business podcast was produced by Hudson Kitchen. It is recorded at the studio at Kearney Point and mixed and edited by Wild Home Podcasting. Our theme song is by Damien DeSandes and I'm your host, Janaba Johnson Jones. Follow Hudson Kitchen on Instagram at the Hudson Kitchen. And to get food business bites right in your inbox, sign up for our newsletter at thehudsonkitchen.com forward slash newsletter. Listen, follow, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. Until next time.